So hello, so I said so then, hello so, yeah. and uh, welcome to those Vicar Blokes, I'm Howell the Nerdy Vicar. And I'm Dave Coaches. Yeah, and I, I realised the other day is that your um, uh, Nessa is the, uh, is yeah, the, is, yeah, yeah. I only, only joined it up the other day, is it the um, parish administrator in Froomside, it's called Nessa, isn't it? Yeah. And your Dave She's Coaches. She's not very Nessa from Gavin and Stacey. I know, it's just, I, I just. And I, hopefully I'm not very Dave Coaches from. Well, no, not really, no, not really. So, Dave, what have you been up to then? Uh, I've been winding you up. That was fun, wasn't it? Well, well, how have you been winding me up? Well, because I told you the other day that your heating wasn't going to get fixed because they were going to make you get more fuel efficiency. Hang on, that's the the heating engineer. Hang on a minute. Yeah, that was heating engineer telling me they can't fix heating. That's what you've been saying, isn't it? Well, so we were at a meeting earlier in the week, weren't we? And and you said to me that your boiler had gone wrong. And I said to you, they won't fix it or replace it because they'll make you get more economical heating system. And your face was a picture and you went into blind panic. (laughs) I just feel apoplectic then. But we are sat here, aren't we, recording this morning. Freezing cold with blankets over us. Yeah, but it, it, it was meant to be fixed by now, but the fan has gone in the boiler, so they've got to order a fan. So now it's just, yeah, I don't know. They're, they're trying to fix it. So but, the highlight of my week was winding you up. Oh, that was just, um, yeah, that was pretty annoying, actually, that was, to be fair. You've been winding other people up on Twitter as well, haven't you? Well, I try, don't yeah, I? Yeah, yeah. Your mate, he's back on Twitter, isn't he? So you're well, winding him up. a couple of them. Couple, I've had a couple of... Twitter arguments. Ding dongs on Twitter. Uh, yeah. yeah. I quite enjoy that though. It was my kid say to me, What are you doing? I said, I'm just I'm just reading Dave's tweets and they were like, What are you doing that for? Is he just getting really wound up by this guy? <laughs> and he said, You're gonna tweet him? I'm just like, no, nah, I'm just gonna laugh at his tweets. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like I did get him with one of them though. I did wind him up, but he yeah. didn't respond, did no, he? No, he didn't respond to nah, you. Ah, he? see, he's boring, isn't it? Yeah. Um so uh, what else have I done other than being cold? Um I'm trying to think. Well, you went to the gym for a warm-up, didn't you? I did, yeah. It got so cold yesterday, I went to the gym just to warm up. Yeah, so that was quite nice, you know. So what have you been doing? Other, I've just been getting cold. What have, you, have you done anything? No, I haven't really done much in the last week. Um, sort of been busy doing not very much exciting, to be honest. Well, it's that time um, of year now, isn't it? Yeah, I did I did go... Well, I conducted a funeral with... Um, with a friend and colleague of mine from elsewhere. Oh, um, it was quite nice for a, for a family that are big into rugby. Oh, right. Um, so I went to the Dings Crusaders new um, ground and clubhouse where opposite where Franchise Hospital used to be next to the motorway there. Oh, yeah. Uh, lovely set up there. It's really nice. Um, so, yeah, that was... Oh. I, I thought it would be sort of like run-down rugby, I, even though it was new, you know. Yeah. I didn't yeah, realise yeah. they'd have done it quite so well, but it's lovely. Mm. They've Really spent. Yeah, rugby clubs are looking good. Like Abercrombie Boy yeah. was really nice when I was there the other the other week. They sold off some of their pitches for housing and they built a new clubhouse. And it's really yeah. good. Yeah, it's not like when I, yeah. I played for them a couple oh, of times. I've been looking at holidays. Oh okay. yeah. So I put in. Uh, this is going to be cheap now. This is going to be cheap. Com and did a worldwide search for the cheapest campsites oh, in the world for cheap. my yeah. touring caravan. Yeah. One of those is right by my auntie in Italy. Oh, right, um, yeah. But I'm not going to go to that one. It's too far away. Oh. Um, so I did that in for the summer. But I also looked for what I'm going to do for my post-Easter break. Oh, yeah. And the 
cheapest campsite, no, one of the cheapest campsites, is in this real rough bit of Wales called Aberdare. Oh. <laughs> and, and so I, I know what that I, is. I, yeah. I, did, I did look at that and I did think I'd get your recommendations on that. Campsite. It is nice there, though. Is it? Is yeah, it? no, seriously. Uh, it is, oh, it's it, really cheap for the yeah, Easter, it is. Half, it's, Easter um, break. You could see my mum's old house from there where we used to live. It's, right. it's actually about, I used to go fishing down there. It's about. Um, 20 minute walk from where my mum lived. Right. right. Yeah. You can literally see her house on the other side of the mountain. But it's really nice. You've got like, you can go up the Darren Mountain around where the wind farm is and you've got a nice cafe in there. Yeah, but see, I spent you know, all this time talking to you on the podcast and you make the place sound like a dreadful place to, to go. So I, no, I'm not sure well, I no, want to no, go there. No, to be fair, right? Yeah. The Deer Valley Country Park's really lovely, right? Because what they've done, they've, they've grassed over the whole uh, where the mines were and all that. Right. Right? So it's really nice there. But if you actually go into the the town and what have you and go into the village, it's, it's, it's not uh, – it's just mad. So right. what I would recommend is go to the Day Valley Country Park, right? Go and do the zip line over in Tower Colliery because I'll yeah. be a laugh, right? And just drive through uh, parts of Aberdeer. And just laugh at it. Right, okay. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah, you'll see what I mean then. Yeah, all right. Because the countryside's beautiful, but it's just Yeah, but I might be away for ten days on that one. Oh so, well, you know, ten days there, just stay for a couple of days. Yeah. So what are we on about this time? We're on about Braverman and all that. We're on it, yeah, so other Braverman's comments. We're on about um Remembrance Sunday. Yeah. And we talk about Three Little Birds. That's it. So, hold on to your hats for the music. Right, and Dave, so what's in the news this week then? Well, in the news this week, we've got Suella Braverman. She's all over the news. Yeah. Um, there's big call to have her sacked by lots of people um, and other people saying she's the best thing since um, toast was invented. So um, I'm, not, I'm not really quite sure. So what she said then? Um, well, she's made some statements that she would like the police to use their powers to ban protests on Armistice Day, which is another interesting thing, because when did the term Armistice Day get resurrected? Um, well, it's always, it's always been Armistice Day. Well, kind of, but not not used in the same way that it is. All right. People have stopped calling it that, and now it's it's got a rebirth. Right. Um, well, what is it called? It's Armistice well, it's Day. Remembrance Day, isn't it? Oh, yeah. We have Remembrance, Remembrance Day and yeah, Remembrance yeah, Sunday. Sunday. Yeah. And now Armistice Day and, and Remembrance Sunday. All right. But, but there's, What's the difference? It's the same uh, thing. I right? don't know. Same right, thing. Yeah. But it's just that struck me as odd that the term had mm. come back into fashion this year. Um, and she wants the police to ban um, peace protests on um, and calls for a ceasefire on Armistice Day. It's the Palestinian ones, isn't it? Yeah. Mm. And it's a complicated issue that we've so far avoided, isn't it, to be fair? Um, well, yeah, it's, because it's I a rabbit hole, that is. Whatever you say, you get yourself in trouble with somebody because we're so polarised on it. Um, but 
but surely we should be pursuing peace. And now that's determined us in a different way. Um, I think the assumption that it was going to be a non-peaceful protest is where the problem lies, because um, Mark Rowley, who I criticised on a previous episode... Yeah, you did, yeah. I did yeah, criticise on yeah. a previous episode, has, has said that actually the powers don't extend to what she says they extend to, um, because unless they have good intelligence that it won't be peaceful, they can't stop it. Yeah. Um, because that would breach the right to peaceful protest. So they don't have that good intelligence then? No. That that intelligence doesn't <clears throat> exist, that it won't be peaceful. Mm. And so he said he can't, he can't stop it taking place. However, that they are willing to um, ensure that the cenotaph is protected and that it doesn't go near it and all the rest of it. Well, I have seen that actually because I, I had a look because I was I was curious about it. Um, is the route of the march doesn't go anywhere near the cenotaph? No, it? and it's in the afternoon when the the eleventh bit is in the morning. Yeah, so it's eleven till about like five past really, and it you know because you have the two minute silence on. Uh, Remember well, it's, it's not quite five past. No, no, no. It's about quarter past, quarter past. it's not very long. No, no, no. I agree, it's yes. done by, it's like maximum it'll be, because there's no parade or anything. That's the following day. That's the following it? day, yeah. All the yeah, big stuff all following day. all the big day. stuff following day. Because um, we've done stuff, you must have done stuff on the 11th, isn't it? Yeah, done, yeah, absolutely, yeah, yeah. So it's not a big, it, it, it's it's not the same parade, march, service, no. all that. It's it's basically you do the two minute silence and sometimes you lay some reeds and things, but mostly that's all. But that's mostly on the Sunday. Yeah, yeah. So if it's not going anywhere near it, then it don't seem to be. And it's no. in the afternoon. So so then the question comes up: So why does she want it banned? Because she must know that it's not going near it. I don't know. I I can't get in her head. No, it's quite difficult, isn't it? Well, um, <laughs> I think I think the um, I think for me it's because of the polarization of which side you take, and there are some elements of it. Um, so so it's obviously not the first of these marches, and there's this phrase from the river to the sea, um, and so it does on the face of that look like the complete destruction of Israel. As a as a state, yeah. Well, we can't support that. No, nobody can support that because that's the destruction of a nation. Mm. But historically, um, the land splits don't quite seem like they're in the right places, and there's always going to be fights over that when one side feels are done by. I think as well, though, you got and it's harsh borders. <clears throat> yeah, for a lot of it, I think as well, or with it is. This is quite interesting because you've got this phrase from the river to the sea, right? Now, what that actually means isn't actually... The intention of what that means is something that can be quite fluid, isn't it? Yeah. And that's the trouble. And I, I was thinking about it is you have some interesting... You ask people, what does it mean? And they go, oh, I was just shouting it because I was shouting it because everybody else was. Yeah. Right? They haven't got the first idea what river they're on about. They know the sea is the Mediterranean, so that's obvious, yeah. but they haven't got a clue about the rest of it. And have you ever been on a march and demos and stuff like that? I have, yeah. Yeah, yeah just the one. I've been on a few, me. Yeah, thing, right. like, you know. 
But I think the thing is with it is people, when they're on a crowd, they will do and say things that they don't intentionally believe. They don't really... They're just getting involved and you get caught up in the moment, yeah. really. But I do think that there is a... There is an anti-Semitic edge to that statement. I think there is. And I think that's something that if the shoe was on the other foot and it was a different group of people, then people would be much more... The same people who say, this is the fascinating thing, same people who say, oh, no, you can say that's fine, right, are the same people who get really upset if someone says a phrase and you think, well, why are they upset about that? Yeah. And I think that's the trouble, is all the way through these things, there's a kind of nasty sense of polarization where nobody's being nuanced or sensible about it at all. But that's I, where, I find it really quite worrying, really. That's where language is really dangerous, and we don't we don't always think that language is dangerous, and that's why they're calling for Suella Braverman to be sacked, really. It's not because she wants to ban the march, but because of some of um, what they consider to be incitement going on well you from know, the river to the season, incitement. well i know but that's not what she said is it i mean what i'm saying is that they're calling for her to be sacked because she's used derogatory terms for people and she's she's encouraged people to stand up against their protests well when you encourage people to protest against protesters what you're causing is a fight yeah that's dangerous um, and that's dangerous and actually as home secretary um the person responsible for keeping order on, in, in the in the land, then really she shouldn't be using phrases like. But that. But what we've got all the time, though, and this 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 goes back quite a few years now, is you've got this situation whereby one person says something, whatever it is, and then they say that person's being divisive, that person's inciting hatred, this person's being bad, right? And then the other side basically do exactly the same thing because both sides are do inciting, winding people up, uh, doing awful things without actually addressing the issue in any sort of sensible way. That's the thing, is that she, she's got done for doing this, which, you know, isn't a very sensible thing. Well, at thing the time of record, there's been no action. No, um, but she's what she's doing is. By the time saying, it goes out at three o'clock this afternoon, there might have been. But it might have know. been. But the thing is with it is, that if you're saying I want people to do this sort of thing because this is going to happen, what you're doing, you're building up heat into the situation to cause an explosion on Saturday, because yeah. you've got one side kicking off, the other side is kicking off. Yeah, they're blaming each other for all the kicking off. Right, everybody gets very emotional, and then it just explodes. Yeah. And the thing is, what you need in leadership is some cool heads actually turning around and saying, right, let's cool this down now. Let's, you know, let's try and listen yeah, to yeah, each absolutely. other. Yeah, absolutely. It's about taking the heat out of it, not putting it in. Like, exactly. And what she seems to have done is added a lot of heat to the to the debate. Yeah. Um, but the other thing as well, mate, just like we talked about a few weeks ago on the podcast about disproportionate policing. Yeah. And, you know... Like I said, I don't watch the news, but that is something that I feel is is definitely the case. And so it's definitely the perception, and I well, think I the think, perception is the problem. Well, isn't it? I think that Sir Mark Riley must have listened to that episode um, <laughs> because his comments in response to her 
to the criticism from Suella Braverman was to say, um, we don't take sides, we're not going to take sides, and that includes political sides. Yeah. So is- actually, if it's out, if it, if it, if we we follow the law and we arrest people who break the law, and that's what we do. We we don't we can't do anything about people who haven't broken the law. But what and you bothers- shouldn't ask us to because they don't agree with you politically. But what bothers me though is you do have people in the UK who were arrested for things they say on Twitter, right? There's over a thousand people who are arrested for things they say on Twitter, right? Oh, they are, yeah, 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 right? Yeah. yeah. And then if someone shouts from the river to the sea, they don't get done. And there are people like I've seen it online where yeah, people. But some have of said, that's evidence, isn't it? When you write it down, you've automatically got evidence. We've got when, one when video, you say it, it on the telly, you've got it. Yeah, I know, but it's hard to find somebody if they're part of a big thing and if it's being chanted by a massive crowd you actually don't have the capacity to arrest all of them no, so you, you don't, no. so you have to arrest the 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 lead of that you have to arrest those that take protest too far because you know so let's i be wouldn't honest, want to be jewish in london at the minute no no i wouldn't i, I think wouldn't. that's the thing and there was horrifying stories this week about People going out as as a group of Jews and being victimised. I, I and, find it terrifying, though. Is yeah. it you got people who you got people who have this history of being essentially victims of a genocide, yeah. right? Within living memory, just about. Yeah. And you got these people who's deep within their culture, right? For all these understandable reasons, and when that was happening. You look at what happened with the kinder transports and all those sorts of other things during, you know, where the British wouldn't let Jewish rep- refugees into Palestine in the 30s and yeah. all these sorts of other things. And then you've got this community which is feeling utterly terrified, which I think is, you know, in our country, which is, you know, we need to take that seriously. And I think the trouble is, as soon as you start saying we need to think about this, we need to take it seriously, you get drawn into some kind of polarised debate, you get called nasty names, and then it, it, that that's the end of it, isn't it? Yeah. And I think what's happened in society is we've got, and it is to do with the old Brexit thing in some ways, is... <gasps> you said the B word on, well, it is, on the podcast. Well, it is, isn't it? Because you've got one group of people whereby it's getting ridiculous now, where we've lost so much nuance, whereby you have one set of people and they say, well, you have this opinion because you're part of that tribe. Yeah. And it was the same with lockdown. You have these group of people who have the same opinion because they're part of that tribe. Oh, yeah. And it's just the same well, we've narrative. Never tackled transformed that. onto everything. And it's just... I think lockdown was different. Well, I don't think it fitted the same narrative as the Brexit thing. Because I think those that were opposed to the lockdown and opposed to the masks at the time were the outliers. Mm. And now, in retrospect, I think a greater number of people think that it was an affront to Well, they just say civilization. it now. Yeah, they're saying um, it now because they can. Basically. But I think people weren't quite so fixed. I think they were more frightened mm. and reacted. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But what I mean as well is it, there's all sorts of different debates, right? Every time a new thing comes on the news, what the news does is says, right, then, how are we going to turn this into a polarising debate? How are we going to force this debate into the kind of Brexit, yeah. not Brexit debate? 
Yeah. And at the heart of it, really, isn't just Braverman. She's a symptom of the issue. Is the media, are they sort of winding everybody up? So that was my boiler man, because it's freezing in here. We yeah, should say in there. We've got freezing. blankets, haven't we? we got blankets on. But I was saying it's the, it, it is the media where what they're doing to get views, really, is polarising people, because that's the only way they can get views, because nobody watches the telly. That's all it uh, is. Yeah, maybe. Is, is, uh, that's uh, definitely right, and, what the print media does. But I think that's what it's all right. And, and probably you're right, but I would like to think that some of our more reputable news outlets aren't quite so polarised. No, I reckon Channel 4 News. Is no, that Remain no. or is that Brexit? Uh, Channel 4 News is Remain. Right. By what? Is but, that? But by... ITV and BBC, don't know. Um, but, actually, <laughs> really? Actually... <laughs> Actually, the political correspondent who's now presenting a Sunday morning show at the time is definitely a Leave Tory. Definitely a Leave Tory. And gave all of the Leave campaign too much space to speak when she was doing interviews at the time. I, 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 BBC is definitely got, it, BBC is definitely winding everybody up. Well, because, because their policy is to give arguments equal airtime even when they don't have equal balance. I don't think BBC... BBC... They let extremists have the same space as as What's an extremist? the mainstream. Well, at the time of Brexit, Nigel Farage was an extremist because his party only got a, a very small proportion of votes. He was a leader of a party that had no MPs, but he still managed to get more airtime than the whole of the Labour Party combined, who at the time had nearly 300 that's MPs. Was, but the thing is with it, what I mean... But that's not balance. He's not an extremist. That's not guy. balance. Yeah, but... No, but he was... I don't mean he's an extremist. I mean, he was making... He was making an extreme argument at the time. Um, and and but being allowed... Being allowed to make promises that were impossible to be met without challenge. But he was promising sunlit uplands that couldn't I've exist. I've set Dave off on the Brexit thing now. But what yeah. I mean is, but BBC, right, from my point of view, is definitely biased. As I don't know about ITV and what have you, because I don't really watch more tabloidy in it, right? GBBs, right? GB News. Oh, without doubt, they got sitting Tory MPs. Right, yeah, issues. exactly. What's the talk one? Talk so, TV? Yeah, they got sitting Tory exactly. MPs as well. So what you've got is a media landscape, right, which is polarised, like they have in America, right? And I bet you that GB News is pro-Israel, right? And I bet I haven't watched it, so I, I haven't don't know, right? It. Yeah. But if we had a look, I bet they take that tack, that tack. And it's exactly the same. So what we've got... Yeah, but I don't know that the, that the BBC News and the ITV News are pro-anything on that. Well, I think they, they've not taken a. One thing I did see was they won't call Hamas a terrorist organization. Y yeah, and they explained that actually on well, the basis uh, that um, under the international definitions of a terrorist organization, you're not allowed to accuse the sitting government government of being terrorists, and they were elected at, to run that country. Do you believe that? Do I believe it was a fair election? No. But do I believe that they were being careful under the terminology that they had to use? Yes. No, I don't and believe And do that. I believe they did that for good reasons? Yes. I don't believe that. Because it was very difficult at the start to be 
pro-Palestine and anti-Hamas. I think I fundamentally, I just don't trust them. I think that's the thing. I think that what what we're seeing here, really, is because there's a breakdown in trust, that's what this is all about, really, is Braverman wouldn't have been able to get away with this and all this sort of stuff, and the, the news media wouldn't be able to get away with this 20 years ago. But because people, nobody believes anybody now, and well, that's because so because, many lies go unchallenged. Exactly. No, no, it's not because they go unchallenged. What it's to do with is because so many lies have been told by everybody, right, that nobody really believes anything anybody says. And if you're in a world, right, where nobody really believes anything that's said, right, then what happens is you believe the thing that makes you feel better. But- and that's, what, that's where we've got to. Because... Because 20 years ago, they said, we have to invade this country because he's got these weapons of mass destruction, right? Yeah. Yeah? Nobody believed that. Well, lots of people didn't believe that, right? And it turned out it was all a big lie. Oh, right? wouldn't so, you say that that most people who were watching that unfold on the news believed it? But the experts didn't necessarily believe it. And they didn't get their voice heard. No, I think they just they just lied. The whole establishment lied. They all lied, and they knew it was a lie, and they just they just lied because they wanted to do it. So you think it was the worst act of vengeance that we've? I think they just wanted. I think they did it for ideological reasons, and they didn't care. The pro. I I think the reason that they did it was that they they had an ideology that said that they could go into Iraq destroy. Uh, Saddam and the country and then a new society would build up which would be a democracy and everything would be great that was their ideology right that was and they thought that they they really believed in it and they didn't care that they lied to achieve the outcome because me and you believe that lying is wrong yeah right if you're a unit, you if you're a utilitarian like they are, in other words, the great the greatest good for the greatest number of people, it doesn't matter if you lie, because if you lie for a good outcome, that's a good thing to do. And that's what's at the heart of it. Because if you think the problem is, fundamentally, they believe that they know the best thing to do, the best outcome for the best number of people. And the plebs, they might not believe him. So what you have to do is lie and control them in order to get the best outcome that you want. Classic 20th century way of working. And what's happened is now, right, is that ordinary people don't take any notice of them because they know that they're all lying. I'm not sure that's because true. they don't care they about just lying. Pick which liars they want to believe. Exactly, they're just picking which liars they want to believe because it doesn't matter. They don't really believe that what they're being told is true, but they choose that narrative because it's the one they want. But we come right back to last year's Lent course. Well, this year's Lent course. Yeah. Um, you know, about being curious and actually listening to people's story. But that's the thing they being, don't want to do. Working that. out what's going on. But and, they don't um, want to do that because and showing some compassion and love and care for, exactly for so, humanity. So what we got now is we have the situation where we have one group of people saying we are the good guys because we follow this narrative, 
And the other group of people are saying, no, 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 we are the good guys because we're following that narrative. And then you just get all this conflict. Yeah. Because at the centre of it all is a rejection of the concept of truth. Because they don't believe in truth. That's what it is. So it doesn't matter if you lie about Brexit because they believe, whether it's one side or the other, that it's good or not. That's the thing. That's why they all lie, because they don't think it's wrong. Because the greatest good for the greatest number of people. And what we need to do is... No, it's true. No. You look at you look at what they... No, you're lacking the cynicism. Well, it's not the think... greatest good for the greatest number of people. The greatest it's good the for... greatest good for me. It's so <laughs> often the narrative. I think I... Well, maybe, yeah. Maybe that's a bit of that as well. But I do think it's... For the ideological stuff, it's that. But I do think... Maybe we'll finish with this. From a Christian point of view, Maximilian Colbert, right, my yeah. uh, patron saint, when he produced his newspaper that he got arrested for, it was called The Truth, right? That yeah. was the name of his newspaper. And what he said is that that oppression can only exist when there is no truth. So what we have to do in, in church is 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 follow the truth. And actually, that's quite difficult. And where we don't know the truth, to not speak about it, say, I just, the truth is with Palestine, etc., as I don't know. Yeah, which is why we, that's, that's the why we avoided yeah. it. Because we um, don't know. Yeah, we don't know. And I don't know, you know, wh- one thing I do know from a principle, and maybe this is something we can both agree on, is a few years ago up in Drayton, um, the BMP wanted to lay a reef at Remembrance Day. Yeah. And there was this big thing, we shouldn't let the BMP do it. And I said, I hate the BMP. I hate everything that they stand for. I think that they are disgusting. Someone came round to canvas for them once around my house, and I was so angry I couldn't speak to him. It was really funny. But it's not because they're a racist, awful party, yeah. right? Yeah. But I said that the point of the Second World War was to stand up for democracy and defeat totalitarianism. Yeah. Right? And that person has the right in a democratic society to lay the reef, even though I hate him and I hate what he stands for. Mm. And that's the thing we've forgotten is that plurality of, I don't agree with this march or I don't agree with this, I don't agree with that, but I respect the right for you to do it. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's what we've got, as long as you don't call for violence and as long as you don't cause any trouble. Yeah. And that's it. Well, yeah, yeah. Do do what do what, do what you want to do as long as it's legal. And as soon as it's illegal, then we expect the police to intervene. So I agree with all that, yeah. Yeah. Right, so next time we're going to talk about remembrance. So thanks for listening to those Vicar blokes. Uh, don't a lot of sows in today, aren't we? Yeah, we have. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, okay, right. Thanks for listening to those Vicar blokes, and um, don't forget to subscribe and give us a comment. So put your comments in uh, with suggestions for stuff for us to watch. Because Dave's picks we'll are really many, bad. Do you think we'll get many comments on our 
Suella Braverman conversation. Maybe. We might, we might get a lot of comments this week. We might do with that, but we, yeah. we try to be good. Yeah, yeah. We, do, don't we? we did try to be good, but just, just be, be kind. Hashtag be kind, right? Yeah. Uh, and so don't forget to subscribe and comment and share it around with your mates. Right, and Dave, uh, remembrance. Yeah, remembrance. Now, then, do you want to give us a bit of history about what it is, why we do it, etc., what it's all about, and like why it's important or not important? You might say it's not important. I don't know. Well, that's quite interesting. Um, we do it because it's important that we remember the sacrifices of others hmm. um, and that we... Uh, remember that people gave their lives for what they consider to be the greater good and for um, the good of humanity. So we specifically remember both world wars and we add into that any other people who have lost their lives or been um, severely life-limited or life-changed as a result of war. Um, and really, it should be about pursuing peace um, in our remembrance. It should be about knowing that there's pain and harm caused in war and therefore it's, it's not a good thing. Um, what used to upset me about 10 or 12 years ago um, was the fact that we gained a lot of vitriol about Remembrance Day. And Remembrance Sunday. And it shouldn't be about vitriol. What was that? Oh, well, so there was a, a, a very particular issue that was in the neighbourhood I was in at the time. Oh, right, yeah. Um, and, and, and it caused some elements of that oh. in language. Um, I also told a man off on the bus once because um, he told some foreign people that um, he'd, he'd fought in the war so as he didn't have to tolerate them in his country. Um, what? So that was quite interesting as a bus driver to say. I think you might have misunderstood what you were fighting for. Yeah, that's a bit <laughs> weird, that is. Yeah, that's a bit... Yeah, okay. Um, I think the reason that it... The history of it's quite interesting, because we forget that. The reason that the reason that we have Remembrance Day is because essentially it was a funeral. Yeah, mass memorial service. Yeah, yeah. The because, nation grieving for those that had been lost. Yeah, so that's, that, that's yeah. what it is. Is is if your son or well, your son was killed in, you know, uh, like on the new estate, we've got um, people who died not just on the Somme, because that's the one everyone remembers, yeah. but have uh, died in Basra, just outside Baghdad, uh, in Palestine. Yeah, you know, all over the world, Gallipoli in in Turkey. So you had people who died thousands of miles away from where they lived, right? And how could their families mourn their loss? You know, how could they go through the rituals that you have around death? You know, could they have a funeral? Mm. So it was a kind of popular... Um, uh, the memorials were put up by public subscription, you know. It was people built them themselves, you know. So it was a kind of... Uh, national thing that was not top down but bottom up. People wanted it because that was the only way they could actually have a funeral for their children. That's where they come from, 
originally, you know, back in World War One. Um and they wanted their uh, sacrifice to be remembered and was it about their child? Would they have not had some form of funeral service for their child anyway? No. No, because you, you haven't got a body of you. And there was so many of them. We're talking about hundreds of thousands of people. They, they, but I can yeah. understand the fact that you do it all at the same time without the body. Yeah. I just don't think I'd block the fact that. Yeah, you wouldn't. You just you just got a telegram saying that you know your son's died. That's it. But then the trouble is, the following day, somebody else down the road had another telegram. Yeah. And then somebody else had another telegram, and then you got two telegrams saying that both your children are dead. You know. Yeah. So that's where it comes from. Is is a, and I think we've forgotten that in a sense. That's why it's such a. And it's changed a lot since in our lifetimes. I remember when I was in the ATC when I was a teenager, it was like nobody was there. It was kind of like a bit of a nothing burger, really. Nobody was there. It was it was really sparsely um, attended. But do you think that you some know, of that's to do with place? No, it's massive now in the valleys. Oh, right, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think it's to do with... I think it's to do because we've got ourselves in more wars. So it's not a kind of past thing. It's actually... And I've worked a lot as a priest in military towns, so it's to do with, you know, people who are in Afghanistan, like, now. Well, not now, because we finished with that. But were in Afghanistan now, who had died in Afghanistan, had died in Iraq, yeah. had died in the Falklands. You know, those sorts of things. Um, so it's not a kind of past thing, really. You know, yeah, but the Falklands would have been, and I suppose, oh yeah, yeah, I suppose first Gulf War would have been while you were in ATC, but yeah, but not yeah. the second, not the was, second one, yeah. You know. But I think we've had a series of them, so that's partly, I think, why it's why it's become a lot more popular. But it is the most Do popular. You, you don't think it's because people's memories of faded away of the pain of what had happened no I think it's more present because it's actually something like in a place like Drayton where I was before is that there were people locally like the guy who was the sergeant uh, the parade sergeant had half his um, face was was burnt because he was on the Sagalahad and he was there every time yeah so it's it depends where you're at, really, but you know it is more present. I think because we've been involved in more wars. You know, war has been not a past thing for for a lot of people. Yeah, but it's considerably less people. Co- oh yeah, involved in considerably more wars. Yeah, yeah. I suppose it's inevitable that lots of people know somebody who has been affected, though. Yeah, because that's just the nature of the way that we live. Yeah, that's right. Aye. Like even think about the funerals we had for the people who died um, from Afghanistan. You know, so they were brought back and they were going through uh, Wooten Bassett and yeah. things like that. You think in the First World War, that's logistically impossible, isn't it? Yeah. So you had to have something like Wooten Bassett, like they did that, but once a year, isn't it? For everybody. 
afterwards, just to cope with the national trauma, really. Because it would have been, you know, even the Second World War, the Second World War as well, it's a, it's a national trauma, isn't it? Yeah. You know. Well, I don't know, I think... But do you think as well, it's the only celebration we have nationally which is actually about self-sacrifice? And maybe that connects with people. Because if you're not a Christian, right, you don't have a narrative of, in the same way of self-sacrifice, where Christianity, the heart of our faith is self-sacrifice for for others, right, or for God. But you don't, in a consumerist world, all the other festivals aren't about self-sacrifice, they're about me. Well, it's the only thing that's not about... It's the only fest... Not festival, but it's the only national event that's not about me. It's not about consumerism. I don't know, really. I don't... I suppose there might be an element of that. I'm just not sure how conscious people are of that. I don't think people are conscious of it. I think it's just something that they can... They can be involved in, which is a celebration of hero of heroic self sacrifice, and that's what Good Friday is. It's it's a celebration of uh, heroic self sacrifice, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, but it's it's better attended than Good Friday, isn't it? Yeah, um, but it's you know, same, we're not we're not really recognising the ultimate sacrifice um, of our saviour, are we? Uh, as a as a nation anymore. No. We're recognising the sacrifice of others. Um, and what's most sad about that, of course, is that many of those that died in those battles wouldn't really have had much clue what they were fighting for. And not even all of them were willingly fighting. Um, but don't you think... A though, large level of conscription in the First World War. Yeah. But don't you think as well, though, that... Um is that thing greater man as uh, greater love as no man than this than to lay down his life for his mm. friends, which is the reading we have on remembrance? Yeah. Is that's what people were fighting for? They weren't fighting for some kind of abstract political idea about freedom or no. whatever. If you're in the trench, you're fighting for your mates who you are have lived with for the last few months. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. That's what you're fighting for. Yeah. And you're laying down your life for your friends who you're with. And the Germans are doing the same thing. Yeah, absolutely. Which is why I get my issue with the vitriol. Because, you know, um, it's, it's not about the Germans, is it? You know, and you think, well, actually, they did lose a large number of their youth as well. They did lose people. Lots more we did. And, and, and still, we're actually fighting for the same reason. Because um the guy next to me is going to get killed if i don't do my best if i don't do what i got to do yeah and if i'm not willing to die then we'll all die yeah um it's, it's... i think the second world war is different in a sense maybe because the first world war it's really complicated how it started and everything else like that and the reasons behind it I think yeah. it's more cock up than conspiracy really isn't it yeah um it was just Maybe there's a there's a line from a brilliant film. Maybe we should review that called Red Dawn. This hilarious eighties film, right? Um, where they said, "Why did this set in the the Third World War?" Right? And they said, "Why did the war start?" And this guy says, um, two kids on the block are the toughest kids, and sooner or later they're going to fight." 
Yeah. And I think that's what... Yeah, yeah. That's what uh, First and, World War is. And actually, really, that's what yeah. the big fear is about nuclear weapons, isn't it? Yeah. Is that two toughest kids on the block, sooner or later, they're going to fight. You kind of think, well, who are they? Well, that's going to be Russia and that's going to be America. And and then... Yeah. You know. But I think... They're, they're going to they're gonna have their allies who are going to join in. Yeah. Um, but by which time it will be total annihilation. It'll be all too late. Well, it'll be over in a fortnight, won't it? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's the thing, isn't it? If they launch a missile, just get in the car. I mean, I talked to, briefly about Nigel Farage in the first part. Yeah. Um, but he said something that I think was really true. Yeah. Um, what he said was that Russia wouldn't have invaded Ukraine if Donald Trump was still in charge in America. Probably, yeah. Because you've got to know that there's somebody <laughs> mad enough to press to the button. start the nuclear the war. Yeah, that's and, right. And did, did, did Putin consider Trump was mad enough? Yeah. He might. He might have He done. might. But I think I think for remembrance, I think that the the reason it's important is because it's important to remember the sacrifice that people have made for us to enjoy our freedoms today, and the price that we paid in order to have these freedoms. Because freedom is not something which is free; it's something that someone's got to pay for. Yeah, which is a deeply Christian free idea. The point of use, isn't it? Well, yeah. But that's the thing is that that's what people died for is is these freedoms which we give away, we don't value. That's the thing. Yeah, and and as well, I think a lot of the time we get mugged by reality. Is we have these we live in such a kind of decadent world and safe world that what remembrance teaches us is that occasionally great evil will emerge in the world and we will be called to fight it yeah and i think sometimes you know when there is a great evil in the world yeah you can go and negotiate with them you can be nuanced you can do this you can do that and you can try and go for peace but at the end of the day there are some people you can't negotiate with and you just got to stop them and that's just the way it is and that calls for heroism of a different kind, doesn't it? Yeah. But we're not comfortable with that because we, no. we want to be safe. No, uh, well, we're not comfortable with that because um, we know that what we seek to do is to tread a very fine line between defence and aggression, um, putting things, making things right, um, you know, it's that old two wrongs don't make a right, isn't it? It's that where do you strike the balance? Yeah, how do you get it right? Because you know, we talked about the the second Gulf War, and probably we got it wrong. You know, almost without a doubt, yeah, we got it wrong. Yeah. Um, whereas the first Gulf War, arguably, we got it right. Um, yeah, maybe, <clears throat> maybe not all of it right, but at least. But we, we did it better than we did in the second. Yeah, well, we are make mistakes, but I think that's why we have just war theory, isn't it? As Christians, we there is such a thing as a just war. Yeah, but that's why we need to make sure that our that, that our actions are in line with that. Yeah, that that what we train our soldiers to do is is to to know what those boundaries are and to make sure that they're not breached. Um, 
and and that's what I think most of it's tactical, but some of it's on the ground. I think, yeah, and I do think though that you know, in the fog of war, you know, people say, "Oh, there's rules of engagement," and you know, I think, yeah, it's good that we have those rules, and it's good that we try and keep them, but it's going to be a try and keep those rules. Oh, I think, yeah, yeah. Well, do you see what I mean? Well, you can't have a nice war. No, I don't think you can. You can't have. I'm not saying you should have a nice war. What I'm saying is that um, if you're going to be fighting against something that's that's evil, Mm. you don't fight against something evil by becoming evil yourself. Yeah, I think that. Yeah, I, I, I think in this imperfect world, I think that's almost impossible, isn't it? I think that's the trouble. You know, it is that thing where, you know, even in the Second World War, is seen as the the last good war in a sense. You know, I think the Allies was were less evil than the the Nazis, but we weren't good. Well, I hope so. Yeah, well, we were, we were less evil, but that's the thing. It's not, you know, but you do what, you do what you have to rely on the most infinite mercy of God, isn't it? That's the thing, and I think sometimes in our safe comfortable world we we don't use enough empathy to put ourselves in the positions of people who are in those situations yeah i think that's right and i think that's what the power in reading out the names is at remembrance sunday is 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 the fact that actually these are people from this community that we live in that have that have given themselves for this community that we live in and and that should instill in us some empathy yeah um because it ordinary people and if it doesn't why have we bothered turning up yeah it's a bit like all saints day really they're ordinary everyday heroes aren't they yeah and i think one thing that gets me every time with it really is when we like on the new estate each of the streets is named after a different uh person who died in in the wars right and we put up signs about uh, each of those people. And you can go around the streets and read the, the story of the person yeah. who died. And that really does bring it to life, you know. And it's unimaginable. There's one up there, I think it's Minute Road, um, where this guy, Minute, stormed the hill in France somewhere. Forgot forgot where now. And I think it was like a thousand people tried to take this hill. And he was one of the few hundred people who made it. Yeah. And then got killed later on. You yeah. can't imagine that, can you? No. That level of self-sacrifice. And I think that's why it's important to remember that, you know, for love, we have to lay down our lives for our friends. And that's a dangerous thing to do. Mm. And I think because love is dangerous and in a world where safety is our ultimate value, um, that doesn't, that isn't Christian, is it? No. And something that, um, there's a brilliant sermon, I won't say his name, because he knows who he is. Um, the other day, he hadn't been preaching long, but it was really good. He was going through the Beatitudes and he talked about the difference between peacemakers and peacekeepers. Yeah. And he said, with peacekeepers, they just want to stop conflict at all costs. Yeah. Right? But that's not what we're called to be. We're called to be peacemakers. And being a peacemaker is actually about bringing about peace. And that actually might include um, 
you know, but it might include some violence to make peace. That might, it'll, it'll involve some form of conflict to bring peace, to make peace. Like in a family, you've got to have the argument, don't you? Well, you have, yeah. Because otherwise you're just sweeping it under the carpet. Peacekeepers. But you haven't always got to have the punch-up, have you? No, but... No, but sometimes it's necessary, isn't it? Maybe not in a family argument, but in, in national things, sometimes it is necessary. You don't have a choice. Yeah, well, you can only negotiate with people who are willing to negotiate. That's right. And if people aren't willing to negotiate, that's it. Yeah. And I think, and I think that's the th- and that's why, if you ask the people in the two world wars and other ones why they fought, I think it wasn't for the politics. It was probably for their families, because they believed that, you know, the Nazis were going to come and kill them. Yeah. Which they would have done. Yeah. So what are you going to do? That's the thing. And we we find that impossible to understand. That's the thing. We find that impossible. But what you're on about, which is right, is not all wars are just, are they? No. So what happens if you're fighting in an unjust war? Well, that's the difficulty, isn't it? Yeah. It's not the soldier's job to find the justification for the war. No. So uh, we'll see you on Sunday uh, at Remembrance, if you come along. Yeah. Say say hello. Uh, in our next one, it's um, what are we talking about next? Oh, free little free birds. Little birds yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah. So we'll talk about free little birds. Thanks for listening to those Vicar blokes. You can subscribe to us. You can comment on our content. You can uh, tell us what you think. Good, bad, ugly, indifferent, we don't mind. Um, and we'll try and engage and get back to you on those comments. Uh, don't forget to give us some recommendations yeah. of what we should watch on the telly. The less Dave TV, the better, um, please. Send yeah. It yeah. And if you get some niche news that you think we ought to talk about, yeah, send um, that in. Maybe send that in. That might yeah. be quite interesting because we don't see it all. We might have missed something that's important. Yeah, um, and the news is always the same, isn't it? So let's try and get some niche news that's interesting for us yeah, to have a look at. That'd yeah, be great. Yeah. Right, so we're reviewing three little birds. Three little birds. Yeah. I watched the first episode. I watched the first episode. A lot of green screen in it, isn't it? A lot of green screen. Yeah, it's all green screen. It's all green screen. It's all green screen. Yeah. So that's, that was my first thought. Anyway, what's your thoughts about it and what, what happens in it? What happens in it? Um, well, it it plots the life of three people of the Windrush generation that came out, uh, well, came to the UK, both actually to escape what wasn't a great life in their homeland, but also to support um, the United Kingdom following the Second World War in its labour shortages. Yeah, um, they were invited, weren't they? Yeah, they were invited yeah, yeah. and they were given the promise of a, of a better life. Um, and um, and th- so through the first episode, we start to see the signs in the windows of room to rent, but no blacks, yeah, no yeah, Irish, yeah. no dogs. Um, and, you know, uh, 
offensive language signs up and a, a sense that they weren't quite as welcome as the invitation had made out. Well, yeah. Um, yeah. And, you know, uh, so we've only got as far as to see the start of the track of these three people's lives. Yeah. Um, and, and a start to see what it was that they were escaping. To it's, it's written by, is it written by Lenny Henry? It's written, yeah, written and directed by Lenny Henry. Yeah, because he's from Dudley. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, it's his... One of these three women is meant to be his grandmother, I think. Oh, all right. His mum. Or his really. mother. His mother, It'd yeah. be his mum, wouldn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Because of his age, because he's older than us. Yeah, he's older than you think, isn't he? Yeah, he is, yeah. He did have a career before Premier Inn. Did he? <laughs> yeah, 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 he, he did, did yeah. 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 The bloke for the Premier Inn adverts. Yeah. So, so yeah, I think one of them is his mum. Yeah. Um, and he's, tra- he's, so he's obviously um, trying to compile, compile a, a, a biography of, of that time yeah in in his heritage um yeah so these three women come over on the boat don't they to uh and they stop off in london don't they and they have yeah. a party and one of them gets dropped off in boreham wood at a big house yeah that's where it. she's uh, got dreams of being an actress and yeah takes a job as a nanny that's it dying and he asks for her passport and puts it in his pocket yeah. and taps his thing in it yeah 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 because yeah, now he's her keeper that's right so what what and and one that the other woman is escaped from a violent relationship, as yeah, she? having poisoned her husband. Yeah, so she she's escaped from this point. Oh, she didn't well, poison left him. The she children just, behind. Yeah, with her. Oh, no, she did. She got that dodgy poison off the witch doctor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. I don't think he was poisoned. I think he was just meant to knock him out. I don't think he's dead. Yeah, but she put quite a lot in, didn't she? She did. Yeah, but I don't he think... said he said she said just a couple of drops. Yeah, because half the in. bottle will tranquilise the hippopotamus, and yeah. she put in about three quarters of the bottle. Yeah, that's it. Uh, um, yeah, and, he, and uh, so she escaped, and her kids are with her mom in it. Uh, yeah, there, and they're going to come over later. So, what's your take on it? What did, was it good? If I'm honest, I thought it was a little bit twee. Really? Yeah. Uh, there are elements of it that are less twee, but it was just a little... I don't know. It was just really normy, wasn't it? It, it was, was slow. boring. I watched that first episode and thought, all right, that was an hour. You could have done that in 15 minutes. It was really boring. Um, And it was... Yeah, it was really boring. And it was so... Oh, predictable. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't need to watch the programme because I know exactly what's going to happen. Well, I, but we don't know that there's not going to be a twist. But there wasn't, oh, a, there wasn't a twist in the first episode. It was exactly what you thought. I suppose the only twist was his car broke down. That, yeah. That was as exciting as it got. And he seemed to pour a flask of tea into the radiator. Yeah, it was just like that. Other than that. Other than that. There was no, no. real surprises. It was... It was really bad. I thought it was just well, not bad. It was just boring, and I, and I get fed up of this now. Sometimes with mainstream TV because I, I don't really watch a lot of it. To be honest with you, it was trying to make a nice program about a reality that wasn't so nice. Yeah, it was a bit. Like, I don't. Know, I've never watched Call the Midwife, and I'm not gonna. Just, I'm not gonna oh, criticize. So missed out. Do you like Call the Midwife? Mm. I've probably seen one of the many series. Have you? Um, the wife tends to watch it with, with Beth. You know, oh, right. is it nice, is it? Is it... It's, it's twee. It's yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like Don't There's always something better on. Yeah, it's a bit like Don't Nabby was. That's probably the last twee thing I watched, right? Yeah. I didn't watch that. Do you know? No. 
I watched it years I watched about right, 10 minutes of it and then thought, nah, it's not for me. Yeah. And uh, it, it's like moving wallpaper, isn't it? it it's, it's a programme made so you can watch it while doing something else. Do you know what I mean? You don't yeah. have to pay any attention to it. It's very low demand on you as a person, isn't it, really? Yeah. And... And the, the storylines are so predictable, like in Downton Abbey. Um, and I think it's almost as well transposing our world today onto the past as well. So a lot of the values you've got there are, oh, isn't it awful that people were like this? And it's just like, oh, really? Do you know what I mean? There's no attempt to understand it in a, a complex issue in a kind of sensible way. It's just, oh, wasn't they all really awful? Yeah, well, that's Weren't really they awful in the 1950s? That's really it's interesting because like, oh. I did a school assembly the other week um, where I told the kids that in all likelihood my grandmother was more racist than their grandmother and that actually um, it's because it's the fear of the unknown and a misunderstanding about what, what living as a diverse society could be like. Um, but we're not better today than we were then. We've just got different prejudices. It, oh, I would, I would wholeheartedly agree I with think that. All we've got is, is we just said, right, and these are the people you're not allowed to be prejudiced about, so therefore you can just hate these people instead. I don't quite know that's the message. but I think that um, is the message. That might be the reality. Good people hate these people. So if you're a good person, if you hate football fans, that's okay. Right, okay. Yeah? Good people don't like priests because they're bad. No, yeah. I'm not, not quite sure that's right, but still. Well, really? Well, really? Maybe it's just you. Maybe good people no. don't like you. No, no, no. Sure. No, no. If sure you think about, about it, it you know. think about it, if you've got... Um, let, let's think about how... Um, that is my big thing in here about uh, see, see, see Richard Dawkins' book. What he says is it's it's better to rape someone than bring them up Catholic. Yeah. Now the media elites and all that lot, did they bring him up on that? Did they pull him up on that? Or did they celebrate him and fall before before him saying how great he is? Well, so that's the message. True. What's the message? Yeah. Yeah? It, you can hate people, that's fine. You just gotta make sure you hate the right people. But this goes back to but what I exactly said earlier about language 50s. being dangerous. Yeah, but it's the same in the 50s. You could hate people, but just hate the right people. I mean, there are things about Catholicism that could be justifiably criticised. Oh, yeah, but you're not you know, We did last yeah? week, we talked about the um, the corruption of something good being in yeah, yeah. Um, All Souls. But um, you can criticise you know, people, you just... you just. But, but your language shouldn't... But that's not criticism, that's hate, isn't it? No, that's hate, yeah. Yeah. There's, that's where but the difference is. Well, no, that's the thing. So, so what you've got in Free Little Birds is a thing where it wasn't the past awful. Weren't the police bad? Because the media don't like the police, do they? That weren't the police bad then? Weren't they... Didn't they... And yeah, probably all these things happened. Yeah, exactly, whatever. But it's done in such a twee way, there's no nuance to it, is there? Do you see what I mean? Yeah. It's a serious issue that's not treated with the seriousness it needs to be treated with, I think. Do you see what I mean? 
but maybe it's just a different approach to a subject this not there yet maybe maybe you wouldn't need programs like that if racism had ended but you're not going to end racism are you well, no, of course you're not, but, but, it's tr- but it's trying to take a different approach. It's trying to take a more delicate approach to a, a difficult subject. Yeah, We've tried the, yeah, yeah. the the bashing people about their racism, and that hasn't worked. Yeah, so maybe okay. a twee little programme that they might watch where they then feel some compassion for those in it. Maybe that's what the approach is meant to be. Maybe. Because um, yeah, if you keep trying the same thing... You, you shouldn't expect a different result. Yeah. So maybe it's, it's that. Well, just but get... I don't know. I don't, I've not looked at Lenny Henry's rationale about it. Maybe it's just because he loves his mother very much and he's trying to honour her. In her yeah, way. it's soppy, isn't in it? A it's a that... soppy programme, isn't it, really? Yeah. But I think it's more, I think really as well, I guess gets a bit bored sometimes with, it was the same with that £10 poms nonsense, is I just get bored when, you get these programs on the TV and you instantly know who the good guys are and who the bad guys are. And you probably know what the storyline is as soon as... You as never watched the end of that £10 poms, did no, you? No, I just got so... It was the bad just, guy turned out to be a good guy. Well, I guarantee, we'll see now, see if I predict this, right? Yeah, yeah but I'm not going to watch the rest of this, so I can't... Oh, we can no. look it up on the internet. Somebody will have to tell us, because all the episodes right, right now. Well, these are my predictions of what's going to happen in the future, right? Yeah? Is the woman who's the uh, pastor's daughter, right? Who's like really kind of walks around with a Bible quote yeah. every five seconds, right? Yeah, because that really was a thing, wasn't it? Right, and uh, does that she lightens up, right, and probably stays being a Christian, but kind of becomes less Christian, Christian. Yeah, right. She lightens up, and the bloke helps her lighten up, but she needs just to lighten up a bit. Yeah, right, and realizes she just needs to chill, right. The woman who's got the three kids in Jamaica who's escaped the violence, yeah. her kids will come over and it'll be nice and all that, and she might meet the blood. No, I don't reckon. Or it'll be a tragedy. It'll be a tragedy. Children, right? She's a bit more complicated. The one who wants to be the actress, right? Yeah. She's going to get raped by the bloke she works yeah, for. Yeah, I thought right? that as yeah. soon as I saw it. And she's going to get pregnant, and then she's going to have to have a backstreet abortion and feel guilty about it. And then the woman that's the big Christian with the sort of... Da, 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 she's going to be compassionate to her and that'll be the end. Well, we'll have to wait and see. Your Some... face tells me you think I'm right. I think, for the most part, you're right. There are a couple of bits where it might go this way and it might go It might, way. yeah, but um, it's just... Yeah, but that's... Because I, mean, I think that once the... Once the woman's been raped by the man, then yeah. the wife will blame her. Yeah. And, and it will be her fault, and she'll be dismissed, that's and she'll it. be in, in poverty while she's having a backstreet abortion. Yeah, that's and it. it. Will, you know. Yeah, and then she's going to be rescued by one of the other three, and then everything will be lovely. Well, maybe. Maybe. She could go destitution or, or saved, I think. Yeah, she could um, go either well, way. You know. We'll yeah. see which way But it's best. definitely going to be... that. Def, that's definitely the storyline. And you knew that was the storyline as soon as she got on the boat and she was a bit of a sort of good-time girl type thing, innit? Yeah. Just like, really? Yeah, okay, I can see it's coming. Yeah. Right, so next week... So let us know on the Substack. On the Substack. Let us know if, in the comments. we are right, right about what happens in What it, happens in it. We're not going to bother watching it. No, because it was bad. Um, so next time, what we're talking about, we're talking about um, Ecclesiastes next Ecclesiastes, week. Ecclesiastes, yeah. Next week, whatever's in the news. 
And I really hope it doesn't kick off on the weekend. I've got to be honest. Yeah. I really. Yeah, so, I, I, yeah. I really don't want to be bringing back into the news next week that it's all kicked off. No, no. So let's pray for peacemaking in in London this weekend. Let's not let's not have it kicking off. Uh, and then for the TV, we're doing Modern Family, aren't we? Modern Family. We've had a recommendation yeah, for that. Disney. On Disney, yeah. So but, um, about it might that. be on other things as well, mate. Yeah, it might be, yeah. It's been around a while, I think. It's an old one. It's from, like, 2009. Uh, was it a particular episode? You yeah, I uh, think it's season two, episode three, I think. Right, okay. Yeah, I'll check that, but I'm pretty All sure right. it is. So that's a recommendation. So we'll see you next time on those Vicar Blokes. Yep. Thank you.